Hello and welcome to the Behind the Badge podcast, a podcast that aims to delve into the emotional connections between all English Football League clubs and their fans. I am your host Joe and today I speak to Robbie, a Clitheroe fan and an award-winning football content creator who has been volunteering at the club since 2016. Whilst Robbie admits Clitheroe have never really achieved anything in football terms, they have achieved something much greater, a heart of a community, friends for life, and supporting their club as a family. Non-league football is about more than on the pitch, and to some people, it's everything. So without further ado, let's delve behind the badge. Hi Robbie, here to talk about Clear the Road Football Club today. Um, how are you mate? How are you doing? Thanks for joining me. Really good Joe, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, not too bad. Good, good stuff. Um, so we're breaking away a little bit from my normal mould of how I wanted these episodes to go. Um, normally, it would have just been like a structure, English Football League clubs only. Um, but we're breaking away to talk about non-league football today, which is so important and integral to um, our sport, grassroots, right? Um, so first of all, just, just with regards non-league football, is it more special than, than than club football? Like, do you, do you have a, a league club as well that you support, or like, what are the main differences that people can get out of supporting a non-league team? Look, I'm incredibly biased when it comes to non-league football. My whole YouTube channel is based on it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say non-league football is <clears throat> a lot more special than than league football. Uh, something that I've only gotten into really uh in the last sort of seven eight years non-league football but sort of when i found it it was a bit of a a bit of a football awakening for me really it's people who don't really know much about about non-league will just assume it's sort of part-time players poor standard of football um but it really is it's a community thing it's everyone will have a local side no matter what level and if it is a grassroots team, whether that be sort of, you know, National League downwards, you can really get that real community element from it. And, you know, especially down at the level that Clitheroe play, you've got, you know, complete freedom of where you stand um, within the ground. You can, you can drink a beer by the pitch, you can socialise with your mates, you get to, you get to know the players, you get to know the, the other volunteers at the club. It's, It's all volunteer run at that level as well so it's it's a real it's a real community effort and you you properly feel part of something when you when you're involved at a club at that level mm-hmm. and you're not just a fan I'm not just a fan of my club I, I volunteer as well which I which I'm sure we'll come on to soon but yeah it is really it, it, it's a I keep saying it, it's a real community effort and it feels when you get that success although it is um, not very often with a team like Clitheroe, it feels extra special because you are you are part of yeah. something that's bigger than than the ninety minutes on the pitch. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, how does it make you feel when you see the likes of Manchester United fans, Chelsea fans, all up in arms saying their clubs in crisis, this, that, and the other? When you know you go to your club you you volunteer for your club you know it's it's the people that make the club able to run what do you make of those entitled premier league fans that sit there and and, and think that it's it's the end of the world you can get annoyed about it but um it's all circumstantial really 
a crisis for someone like Manchester United is going, um, what is it, 11 years now without a Premier League trophy. Whereas it's Cl- with Clitheroe or clubs around our level, it is it, every week you're hand to mouth, you're dealing with a small budget, you're, you know, you're fighting whether you're going to be able to stay afloat week by week. Yeah, it's, it, it is completely circumstantial. So I wouldn't necessarily say I get annoyed with, as you say, entitled fans of sort of Premier League top six clubs or whatever, but it is a bit annoying. It's sort of have a bit of perspective because you've seen it with the likes of even, you know, clubs in the Football League. Yeah. Uh, Reading at the moment, for example, but, um, you know, Berry, Macclesfield, gone buses, countless other examples of what, as well of clubs that have been in financial trouble in recent recent years and sort of nearly gone out of existence. Uh, Scunthorpe, another one that comes to my mind. Um, where that that is a real crisis, um, but it, it is completely circumstantial. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say what <laughs> what these bigger clubs, top six clubs, are going through it, it, it is a crisis necessarily. I think it, it's more of a um having to realign their expectations yeah um as well for me like speaking from a club uh from my perspective anyway like we're you know we finished top six in the premier league last season um but then like when things don't quite go as planned we've got a lot of perspective to look back on and so i think i'm quite blessed in the fact that you know my club's been through everything possible um except for the the dreaded red line under underneath the the paperwork of you are bust you're not a club anymore so um yeah i i fully sort of ah uh, yeah it, it grinds my gears so i guess that's why i wanted to ask you yeah. the question being a no, non-league fan as well I, I i completely get it and it it does irk me like i said to some extent but i think yeah. i'm sort of uh, rational enough to see that you know it's not it's never as bad as it's being made out. And a lot of it's also mm. for, for interactions online and, oh, and that, that sort of thing. It's sensationalism. But um, going back to a point sort of you, you made before, um, mm. I I do have a uh, a Premier League team. It's I actually grew up as a Manchester City fan, but okay. um, this it's something that I've sort of um, gotten away from really in the last, it's since I found Clitheroe, it was, I grew up supporting Manchester City um success really was all I knew from supporting a football club and I know they say you should never really you know abandon the team you support but there was no you know I remember last season when when they won the treble I, I didn't really I didn't really feel anything towards it like of course I was happy because it to some extent but it was I didn't feel anywhere near the elation mm. that I get from watching Clitheroe score um, a 90th minute equaliser <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. on a Saturday when I've when I've travelled two hours, um, you know, on on the fans' coach mm. or whatever to go and see it's. So I do have that perspective of you know supporting a very very successful club, you know, the best yeah. club in the world, trophy wise at, at the moment. But it's mm-hmm. uh, you know supporting Clotho for me of these you know past seven or so years has really brought that perspective of this is what football's really about. And I've started to care less and less and check the results of, of City yeah. because of my my love for, for Clitheroe and, and football really in the in the purest form. That is non-league. Fair, fair play to me. And that, that's what this podcast is all about, is trying to get to football's purest form 
and to do away with all of the the the, the social media stigma and everything like that attached to it and and really just talk about why we love the game um so i guess that's a, a great sort of segue onto talking about your youtube channel and your content uh robbie how did you get into that and and what was the inspiration behind wanting to do non-league content um i'd say i saw a bit of a um <laughs> i can sort of be smart with hindsight with it and say oh i saw a gap in the market because there wasn't really many non-league youtubers around the time but in reality i was i was bored i wanted a creative outlet i've always been a very creative guy wanting to produce you know i've always had um sort of interest in making video content that sort of thing and mm-hmm. um i tried other youtube channels in the past sort of won't go into that but none of them really took off i was like what, what am i really passionate about here and it was and it was going to watch Clothero every week and I was like why don't I just start making videos on that so uh, I got the camera out filmed me and my mate Jake who I started the channel with uh, we went to Runcorn Linnets away um, I think it was on yeah on a, on a Saturday and funnily enough it was right at the start um, when Covid had just become a thing we were, we were just about to go into <laughs> into the first lockdown, like literally weeks mm. away. I think we had that game against Runcorn and then yeah. lockdown was a couple of weeks after. So it was a great time to, to start a football vlogging channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I managed to get two games in and then, then we were locked down and I went, um, I went back to university and the channel sort of, I thought it was going to die death there and then uh, after about yeah. two uploads. Um, but then obviously as, you know, as the lockdowns lifted and stuff, I started to, to get more content out there but it, it was literally just a i was bored i wanted something to do some like i said a creative outlet and i thought what better thing to film mm-hmm. than um than my local football club that I, that I go and visit every week yeah incredible and and when you started that did you imagine you would pick up an fca award a few years later <laughs> not in the slightest even when i picked up the fca award i didn't think i was gonna <laughs> I, I thought it was i thought someone was having me on like um some of the people that i was up against you know some of the channels that were there that night and and i'm stood there on you know picking up a, a gold award i was absolutely mind blown i was i was shaking when i got up on the stage bumbled through some sort of speech i can't even remember what i said but um no it's just it was mind blowing but it was sort of in a way it felt um i felt a little bit you know vindicated in terms of the hard work that I have put in on the channel over the past three years and it has been quite stop start um but no that that was it was really really an incredible moment to to be able to do that uh, and have my little channel you know I've I've only just passed 2.3k subscribers today so it's a tiny channel in comparison to some of the people that were there but to be able to say, you know, I'm mixing it with those big boys and I've, you know, I've been able to come home with a gold award was yeah. just, yeah, absolutely mind blowing. And hopefully it's, it is the start of, of something big for, you know, my, my social media presence and, uh, and my channel going forward. Yeah, 100%. And I guess it gave you a huge boost to carry on and, and to make your videos even better, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I've sort of changed, I've changed content direction a few times. Uh, I, I started out, so my channel was originally called non-league vlogs and I was just solely doing non-league games. Um, and it was, it was going okay. I got to a thousand subscribers under that, under that handle. 
Um, but I wanted to sort of branch out and maybe do more professional, you know, football league games if I wanted to. So, you know, I, I changed it to my own name. And since then, I've seen real, you know, steady growth on the channel, um, you know, getting the sort of good audience from, you know, going to clubs like Stockport County and being able to go to Premier League games, you know, when I can. Um, but then I've sort of gone back to solely focusing my content on non-league, but sort of going for a different approach of it's not necessarily about the game that I go and watch. It's about the idea um around that game so uh the last video i did was um interviewing pascal chimbonda who's manager of skelmsdale united so it, it's more about the actual uh the idea around the video than oh this team scored this incredible goal or look at these 90th minute limbs it's you're not chasing a moment it's more sort of you know i've already figured out the title and thumbnail of the video before i turn up um to watch yeah. the game so i'm trying to be more strategic to it and I'm uploading a lot less than I did maybe once a month, but I know everything I'm putting out at the moment is quality, quality content that I'm proud of and will look back on and, and is to come and think, yeah, that was a, that was a good video I did. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, 2.3 K subs whilst, as you say, feels like it's not as big as, as um, some of the other ones out there, but it, it's still huge. Um, you know, that to, to to get over that one thousand mark is really tough, and then to get two thousand, and then from there it will just if you stay consistent and stay happy with what you're doing, it will just grow naturally. Um, so it's a credit to you, mate. Um, it really is. Um, let's talk about the shift from Premier League Manchester City winning the title, everything like that, to okay, now I love non-league football. <laughs> yeah when did when did that when did that happen um i, I can remember the game because it was my first clitheroe game but i can't pinpoint a date <laughs> it, but it was i went down to shorebridge which is clitheroe stadium um i think it was june july it was pre-season um 2016 with my mate will um, again, someone else, someone who's really helped me with my channel, um, been a, a co-star on the channel for, for a while now. Um, and Clitheroe put a advert out on their social media page saying we need some people to come and help run our, our social media pages on a match day. And we thought, yeah, do you know, what? this is something we've wanted to do for a while. You know, we're both, um, I think we'd both started our, our uni degrees at that point. Um, he was doing football journalism. I was, do, I was doing business studies. And we're like, this is the sort of thing that we want to get into. We both love football. You know, let's go down and give it a go. We messaged Clitheroe and Anne Barker, the chairman at the time, lovely woman. I've got so much to thank her for um, in, in what I do. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing what I am now if it wasn't for those people at Clitheroe that sort of took that chance on me initially. But they, she just got back to me and said, yep, come down. Um, we'll give you the logins and away you go. And from then, it was it was a friendly against Bolton Wanderers 11. It wasn't even academy side. It was, a, it was like a mixed team made up of injured players and under 18s, what have you. It was nil-nil, terrible game. But I was just hooked from then on. I think there was only, there must have been, can't be any more than 100 people in the stadium. But I, it was just the, as I said before, the, the raw nature of it, um, it, ju it just got me. It was, 
you can stand close to the players you can interact with them all that sort of stuff you can you can have a laugh with with, with all the volunteers and it and it feels like something special and that's something that i'd never got being a manchester city fan look i'd, I'd seen trophies i'd seen success i've got you know i had like family friends and everything who were you know i'd be going to city games with but at these at these premier league clubs you're nothing more than a number you're you're a pound sign to them and if i if i stop going to manchester city um which i have done i've not i've not been to a game in probably well over a year now i, I will be replaced immediately with another fan who's willing to pay that money for that ticket um but at Clitheroe if I don't go to games I'll have messages from my mates saying where are you we miss you yeah. messages from the volunteers going come on you know wh where's your video content we we need you down here and you, yeah. you feel valued you feel I, I keep I'll keep banging this drum you feel part of something it's so special this what non-league brings I urge at anybody watching this no matter how bad they are, what level they're at. Clitheroe, we, we play at step four of non-league, which is the eighth tier of English football. It, it's, you know, I think two leagues below that, and that's the lowest you can go, semi-professional. -pro, semi we haven't got a hope in, in hell of doing anything. We've not won anything in my lifetime. We've been in the same league for over 20 years. I don't think we've... We've been to Wembley once in our history and lost in 1996 that's the most we've ever achieved i think but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me at all and it doesn't matter to a lot of people who go and watch it's it's that family that you get and that you generate it's until you experience it you won't properly understand because you'll just see you'll just see oh it's rubbish football it's pub football whatever yeah but you've, you've got to see it to believe it with non-league yeah, it's a real eye-opening statement what you said about if you don't go to Man City, you're replaced instantly. If you don't go to Clitheroe, then they're they're in your inbox. We need. <laughs> it's 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 also a sense of like, you know, if like my my local club is Hastings United, mm -hmm. um, so if I was to go to Hastings United week in week out, they would get a substantial amount of money from me. Um, and if you multiply that by 50, that's an insane amount of money to them. Multiply that by 50. Again, it's insane. So, yeah, it, it's a really eye-opening statement. And, and it's made me question myself on... <laughs> there you go. That's what I wanted, Joe. <laughs> what, yeah, ab it, it's true, though. And, and, and I do hope that people listening do really think about it and, and and nip 10 minutes down the road and, and pay a fiver or a tenner just to watch some football because it means a lot to that club and it means a lot to the people that are involved in that club as well. Um, it, it's, is non-league the same with, with, with like players and icons and, and stuff like that? Like, do you have like long-serving players that you look up to and you absolutely adore? Um I, I imagine that there's quite a, a lot more loyalty within non-league. Um, that's where you're probably wrong. I'll be honest with you. It's, really? Yeah, uh, non-league. So I don't know. If, if, I don't know how much you know about non-league. I don't want to. I don't want this to come across as me giving a lecture or being condescending or whatever. But uh, non-league, we don't have a transfer window up until 
March, I think it is, when the cutoff is for registration. So players come and go week by week. Um, so it's really quite difficult to build relationships with with players. Um, mm. it, don't get me wrong; you'll have it. You'll have a squad that will stay for for a season or two. But you know, if a player is young and good enough, they're getting snapped up. Uh, we had, we've we've had countless examples. We had one, uh, I think it was last season or season before last. Young lad Bailey Sloan um, started playing for us. I think we signed him from Chester. Went on to play for Accrington Stanley, and you know the, the, those players will they'll get snapped up by um, by EFL clubs or National League clubs um, because you know they've shown they're good enough in the men's game. It, it, it's a springboard for a lot of people. There's two types of non-league players. I usually say there's your young lads who've fallen out of the net um, in terms of EFL and professional academies who are looking to build their way back up to get back to the top. And then you've got your your older lads, your journeymen who've been around the block and they've spent their whole career in non-league and they're tough as nails, but they will just bounce around clubs for um, for another 20 quid. Like, you yeah. know, what uh, we've had it on numerous occasions. I won't name players in, in, case, they, in case they are listening. Um, but, you know, We'll say for argument's sake, I don't, I don't know what I'm not privy to what the figures are, but say for a players are, um, on 100 pounds a week at Clitheroe, if someone in the division below offers them 120 pounds and they're five minutes closer to the house, they're going to take it. And yeah. with the free movement that we've got, because we're not bound by a transfer window, players will do that all season, all season long. You'll have players who, who play for you know, two, three clubs in a, in a season just because they're getting offered better money and or somewhere is a bit closer to where they where they live or whatever. So it's it's full of mercenaries, but it, it's never in it's never in a malicious way usually. It's just because of, you know, these guys, it, none of them are full-time uh, up until yeah. you get to like sort of the National League North, National League South, where you have a few full-time clubs in the National League where they're on, you know, that they, they are proper professional footballers in that league. I believe every team in the National League's full-time. Um, but they all have full-time jobs. They're just regular working blokes like like you and me who can play a bit of football. And yeah. so, you know, they have to do what's best for them financially. And you, you can't really, you can't really begrudge them that. But going back to the, to the original question, I feel like I've strayed a bit. Um, like yes, you do, you do get legends. Um, so we've got, we've got a few. Um, the names won't mean anything to you. You'll never heard of them. But we've got um, we've got a lad called Sefton Gonzalez who plays up front for us. He's been here for a good few seasons now. I think he's club captain, um, and he's he scored quite a lot of goals for Clitheroe. But you know he's been here, uh, yeah, I want to say maybe four years, five years, something like that. Um, which that's ridiculous amount of longevity in non-league. Again, we've got a lad who plays in midfield, Ross Dent. He's from Clitheroe. He, um, I think he came through the the academy. He's been at other clubs, but um, as, as everyone has, you know, you don't get many one-club men in non-league, but he's a Clitheroe legend because he's got over 200 appearances, I think, for the club, and he's, he's continually come back to Clitheroe once he's been at other, you know, if he's uh, gone and signed for, for other clubs. So it's that's how your legends are made, and it's especially it's, it's if they're a local lad is is the real making of, of of a connection there between the fans. It's you know it's the the guys in the team that are from Clitheroe or the surrounding areas. They'll get they'll get idolised. Um, 
more than ones who have been brought in from from a bit further afield but yeah it, it is possible but it's due to the nature and you know the the part-time structure that that we've got it's a lot more difficult for for players to establish that 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 sort of relationship yeah definitely um so talking of players players score goals <laughs> goals are the makeup of football of course um, have there been any goals that have meant significantly more to you or any that stand out for you that have just been out of this world? Are we talking just Clitheroe? Uh, yeah, just, just Clitheroe. Like in, with regards, it doesn't exactly have to be a 30-yard screamer. It can be something that's meant something to the club or or meant something to you personally. Um, you know, because we've... It's such a difficult question to answer that because honestly, so on a match day, I'm I'm filming the games. It's very rare mm-hmm. that I'm stood in the stands with the rest of the fans. I'm I don't really take in the games much. I'm just I'm behind the camera, getting content. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's been countless goals, but because we've never we've never really won anything. We got to the playoffs last season, so um, in our league, the first place team go up. And then second, third, fourth, and fifth go into a playoff, and the winner of that sort of format um, gets promoted. And we travelled up to a town called Workington in Cumbria in our playoff game, uh, and we lost two nil. Um, so we were dumped out in the first round of the playoffs, and that's probably the most we've we've achieved in my lifetime. Um, we nearly got to the first no fourth we're in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup last uh I think it was last season as well we played Berry again we lost <laughs> so it's I think of these special moments and there's actually no goals attached to them because we've got beat and that's the most typical Clitheroe thing ever is that our biggest moments <laughs> <laughs> usually involve heartbreak <laughs> and yeah. I was, and I wasn't I wasn't alive for when we went to Wembley in 1996 so the one bit of success that we had when we played a, a team called Mangotsfield I think it was at, at Shawbridge got a record crowd on of over 2000 yes our record crowd is about 2000 <laughs> um I, I wasn't alive to see and i wasn't alive to see us go to wembley and get beat i think it was 3-0 by Brigtown or someone like that so to in in short no there's not really been any standout goals that that spring to mind because all of our biggest moments come in 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 heartbreaking defeat <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's, a, that's a life of that's the life of a non-league supporter as well. That that's a life. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's as as realistic and as raw as you can get as football is. That you know, um, whilst we can sit there and appreciate all of these other things and all these, these other great successes that go on, is that you know these other clubs that are just living and breathing because of football being football. Um, yeah, you it it just. It is what it is. Yeah, I have um, remembered. Sorry, I have remembered one goal. I seem to oh, la- last season, and it's a video on my channel. So go and go and check it out, people that are watching this. Um, we played eighteen seventy four Northwich 
away from home towards the back end of the season. And it wasn't the game that secured us playoff spot. It was because I actually missed the game that we secured playoffs stupidly. Um, I was away watching, I think I was watching Stockport County or something. <laughs> Terrible decision making from me. But um, yeah, we played 1874 Northwich away from home, uh, 1-0 down, came back to win 2-1 uh, in the last minute of the game. Um, our centre-half, Billy Priestley, uh, scored a header, I think, from a long throw-in from Lee Pugh. Uh, who is the brother of um, Mark Pugh. I don't know if you remember him, who played for Bournemouth in the Premier League. Bournemouth, yeah. He actually played for us as well, very briefly, um, no. uh, at the back end of that season too, after he'd uh, been out of the game for a couple of years. So, yeah, very one of the rare famous faces that's uh, you know played in the Premier League and then wound up at Clitheroe for, I think it was <laughs> a couple of games. But anyway, his, his brother took a long throw, throwed it, uh, to Billy, he nodded it in. 90th minute winner. Uh, the away end of about ten of us went ex- went ballistic, and that was when sort of we knew that was when we knew that we were probably going to get into the playoffs that season. So that was probably the biggest high that I felt, um, and the the best goal in terms of what it meant to the club that I've seen. But obviously, the goal that. Um, we would have scored at Glossop to actually secure playoffs had I been there would would would, would trump that. But unfortunately, I, I chose to go and make a vlog on Stockport that day. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so you, you spoke about the the away end of of ten people. Is there that same uh, aggravation from away and home supporters? Is there that same sort of we hate you, you hate us? Anger. It's quite it's quite manufactured. Um, we don't have a rival at our level. We are the most northerly team in our league. Um, and there's no other teams really close to us in ter- geographically. Um, uh, the, all of the teams that are sort of, our, you consider our, our local derbies, which they're not even really, are in the league below us because they've been relegated um, last season. Um so there's not really that animosity from a Clitheroe perspective. Um, you do get you do get bits here and there. Like we were uh, last weekend, we were away at a team called Avro, um, who play in Oldham, and there was a bit of back and forth between our fans. But it's it never spills over. There's a, there's never really any you know it, it it never comes to blows particularly. But I think for some teams, is that there is definitely you know there's some big rivals with rivalries at this level between like the you know the teams on Merseyside the Manchester teams that, that do genuinely truly hate each other but Clitheroe were quite a friendly place you know we're a we're quite an elderly town you know um we're not really a fan base to be to be giving it out in that way and we're, we're very hospitable when away fans do come to us as well we were I think we were voted the best away day at at step four in non-league last season so you know we're clearly doing something right and we're you know we're a family club um, so there's not really any hostility, hostility really. I don't think even when we do play our local rivals, which are you know teams like Colne and and Ramsbottom, you know, which are towns around sort of near Clitheroe, um, that there's never really any any trouble, so to, so to speak. But I don't think that speaks for the whole of non-league because there is certainly, like I say, some big some big rivalries at, at that level. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's clear from our conversation that the biggest thing 
about non-league and, and, and about your club in particular as community. Um, so so tell me a little bit about the Clitheroe community and, and what people could expect if they were to, to come to a Clitheroe game week in, week out. <laughs> well, I sort of touched on it then. We're quite an elderly town. Um, but you know what? We've got a really, really good fan base and it's one that's been growing for years now. We get... Um, and again, this might not sound like a lot, but we get about seven, 800 fans on each week, which is we top the average attendance chart in our league. We are probably by far and away the best supported team in in our league. Anyway, I'm not sure about because it's split into you've got your West Division, your Midlands Division and your East Division at our level. Um, I'm not sure about the other leagues, but um, certainly at ours, we are the, we are the best supported home crowd. Um, but yeah, no, generally we're, we're, we're very friendly. We're very welcoming. Um, we've got a growing young support as well who like to get, um, you know, generate some, some noise. We've got sort of a couple of, of, um, of fan sections. So we've got the, the top side. I'm going to put this in inverted commas because you're not watching this, but ultras, <laughs> we're not at all. It's just, you know, it's a section of the fans that will, you know, they'll sing and chant for the majority of the game. So you've got the top side ultras and you've got the bar side ultras, which you, you can imagine where they stand <laughs> um, near the bar. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, we, we get a decent atmosphere, but it's um, overall friendly, welcoming. Everyone will be willing to help you on a match day um, and make, you know, people who, who've never been to see us before. We get a lot of that when Blackburn, Burnley, Accrington, Stanley, um, who are closest big towns, when their teams are away from home, uh, we'll get bumper crowds. So I think we've had um, about 1,500 on, um, I think it was last season or season before last, when it just so happened that Blackburn and Burnley were both not playing for whatever reason um, on that Saturday um and yeah we're we're very welcoming with with new fans we're always trying to encourage new people to come and get a taste for Clitheroe and non-league football generally and see what it's all about because it you know we do offer a great value for money experience you know it's a tenner to get in uh season tickets are 80 quid um if you get them early enough um which is ridiculously incredible value for money I, i think it pays for itself well over in course of the in course of the season um so yeah we're, we're just we're just constantly trying to grow and to do that you've got to be as hospitable as you can to, to new fans you know we're not we're not a closed off we're not a closed off shop in that sense you know we're not snobby about oh you've never been to non-league football you can't come and sit with us do you know what i mean it's yeah we're we, we try and be an open as open as we can yeah, I think that's probably something that I've experienced, maybe unluckily because I've only been to a handful of non-league games, is that I've gone to a few games and I felt it to be a bit cliquey. Um, mm. But as you say, I think it just depends on the community and, and the area you're, you're in. Um, yeah. We're su- we're s- southern and snobby down here. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd imagine a, f- a few people sort of turn their nose up when uh, some guy walks into a, a Hastings United ground with a with a, a Brighton Hove Albion badge and thinks, oh, Premier League scum. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably just unlucky from me <laughs> that I've experienced that. Yeah, you, you might have got you might have got a bit of a, caught them at a bad time or whatever, but obviously I, I can't speak for any other club other, other than Clitheroe and sort of the ones that I've visited 
round here, but no, it's um, I think a lot of clubs around our, our area will do discounted entry for you know if you've got a season ticket to a, a Blackburn or a, a Burnley or a, an Accrington Preston, you know you you sort of football league level local teams that you know they really are trying to encourage fans of those clubs to to make the switch to to non-league yeah that's that's really good and and there needs to be more of it um i know for a fact that brighton um i think they were promoting worthing i think worthing got like promoted last season or the season before um and they had like an important playoff game and brighton was saying get yourself down to it to support them um which is great because there's there's ties with Worthing to to Brighton of Albany Football Club as well. Um, at the moment, uh, an even stronger tie with Jack Hinshelwood being uh, Adam Hinshelwood's son, uh, who is the manager of Worthing. <laughs> so right. um, there's a lot of uh, lot of ties. So I think it's really important for for Premier League clubs, EFL clubs, to be promoting that um, and and get get more bums on seats or or feet in. Concrete. Feet on the terraces, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It usually is. Will we'll, uh, Worthing get a lot of um, sort of uh, loanies then from sort of Brighton's academy? Then do, do you know? Or I think they definitely have done in the past. Um, I think where and again, this isn't to sound Premier League snobby. Um, where our um, sort of level has increased even more, um, and our academy has increased even more, we're seeing more loans go to. EFL clubs, European clubs, yeah, Scottish, of course it makes sense. clubs, uh, but we we definitely have had, um, you know, uh, likes of Solly March was was at Lewis before he came to Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's been multiple other Brighton players that have gone on to play for Worthing or um, have been on loan uh, from us from from you know different Sussex clubs and all that good stuff. So I think there's definitely links there from when we were like League One Championship. Um, we, we see we see that quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So we get um, we've got a, f- uh, a few lads in from Accrington Stanley this season. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a lot lower level, you know, League Two loaning out to to the Northern Premier League. But we've had lads in on loan from Blackburn Rovers, Burnley, uh, when they mm-hmm. were in the Championship, Fleetwood, um, teams like that. So there is definitely that sort of you know we, we've got good relationships with yeah. with the clubs in in and around us, and that that has helped us out massively. Because the, the lads that have come on from Aki this season have been brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Like called Jack Massey, we've just extended his loan till the end of the season. Uh, he scored um, in our win last week, and then we had a, a lad called Alex Anderson who came in earlier in the season, set up a few good goals, um, <laughs> and then he's starting in the first team now for Accrington. So it's you know it, it shows uh-huh. that that pathway is there for those young lads um, to sort of you know, go and get a taste of men's football at 18, 19, whatever it is, and then you, they can actually make it in, in the men's pro game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, another reason as to why non-league football is so very important to our game um, as Absolutely. well. Um, and I, I think, uh, I don't know if it's area again, but I know in my area there's not many places to play football. Um, if you want to to be a young lad and to go out and there's so many uneven parks and, and crap places, rusty goalposts, this, that and the other. I think councils need to do more as well in, in making sure there's adequate facilities. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, definitely. I think in Clitheroe were quite a. Um, I'll make no bones about it. The Ribble Valley, which Clitheroe is um, situated in, is quite a well-off area, so we've got quite good facilities. But it, in in general, yes, in this country, there needs to be there needs to be more of that if we're wanting to, you know, because ultimately it will it will benefit uh, the top clubs eventually, and ultimately, you know, the national team and all that sort of stuff. So th- there's no there's no reason for that investment not to be there and it it all starts at grassroots level so it is it is literally the underpinning of everything without non-league you wouldn't have the clubs at the top so people who are snobby towards it i I think need to take a step back look at the bigger picture and see that you know without the bottom of the pyramid the top of the pyramid would fall down because it's not being propped up by anything yeah 100 percent um robbie what is the best thing about your football club um it's 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 a family i keep banging on about it it's community it's 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 everything to me really it's it's brought as i said at the start of the podcast it's been a football awakening for me um without finding clitheroe football club i don't think i'd be as interested in football as i am now it's it's given me a large friendship group of people who I'm constantly thankful for every day. It's, it gives me an outlet every week to go on a Saturday and, you know, forget, forget the work, uh, the week of work that's just gone. It's, um, it gives me, you know, a creative outlet as well, you know, to, to progress my skills sort of in, in video production and, you know, film the team, document their journey. Um, it, it's really, it's everything without wanting to sound too dramatic, it's everything that is good in my life, really, Clitheroe Football Club. And without them, I don't really know where I'd be. It, it, it sounds dramatic to say, but that's what, if you become as invested in the, these football clubs as you as you can and you give as much as you take for them from them, if not more, you will get more back emotionally and um it's just such a fulfilling thing to be a part of because you know you're not just helping yourself in terms of your own enjoyment um your own sort of community spirit and your own mental health as well but you know you get you're giving back because it you know Clitheroe football club is the hub of of this town um we get you know we're, we're a small town i think about it's got to be a fair less than twenty thousand people. We get nearly a thousand on every game, so we're getting a decent chunk of the community coming on and engaging with the football club. To so to be able to to give back to that is such a fulfilling thing, and you know to be a small part of its growth and improving its stature and um, invisibility with what I do with the media team and everything. It's just yeah, it it it's it's priceless, absolutely priceless. There you go. Um, I was going to ask you. Um, I wrote down a little question. Um, as we were speaking earlier, um, what you would say to someone to convince them, um, <laughs> to support a non-league club? But I think the answer to that is to just send them the link to this episode because you you've spoken <laughs> so well um, and sold it so well. You've got me itching to get to a, a non-league club. Uh, this weekend so um, yeah. you're a credit to your club mate and you're a credit to football um thank, thank you so much your, 
your content and everything like that it it can only go in one way and that is is up um last question i don't like this question but <laughs> i think it's quite it, it it normally generates quite nice answers if football was to end tomorrow that's the part that i don't like oh, um wow. how would you want your football club to be remembered the team that never did anything off the pitch but did everything uh, so that, that yeah the team that never did anything on the pitch but did everything off the pitch for its community because that's what we are we are the most um no mark never won anything um irrelevant football club <laughs> in existence there is nothing special about Clitheroe football club um and so i'm going to plug something very quickly i've been working Perfect. on a documentary i've been working on a documentary about this football club for the past year about the volunteers and what they bring to this club there's not really much football in this football documentary it's all about the stories of the, of the volunteers what they do who they are as individuals what makes them tick and why the why the club is so special to them that's coming out at the end of this month i want to say on my youtube channel um so i urge anyone who's list, who's listening to this and wants to know more it, you know if i haven't given you for some reason a, a good enough picture of clitheroe football club go and watch that documentary it's called getting the blues um it's a play it's a play on word of um you know the monotony of supporting a non-league football club and also understanding mm -hmm. us as we are, our nickname is the Blues. Um, and that will give you an idea of why this football club is so special to so many people in this little town of ours, tucked away in uh, in the hills of Lancashire. Um, but yeah, cool. I, I'd love us to be remembered as, yeah, the club that, that won nothing, but brought everything to the hearts and minds of the people that live here. I absolutely love that because I'm sure that resonates with so many other non-league football clubs and so many other clubs all around the world um, is that it just gives you that sense of commun community and belonging. Um, and, and that's all people really want is to, 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 to love something and to be loved as well um, and to be a big part of it. Um, so you have sold, like, I want to move up north. I want to be a Clitheroe fan now. Um, Don't, it's grim up north, mate. It's grim up north. Honestly, I went to Brighton, <laughs> I went to Brighton last year. I had a great time. Uh, it was lovely, beautiful city. I was like, oh, why can't I be here all the time? I've got to go back to rainy, sodden Lancashire. There you go. That's what it's really like. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Robbie, thank you so much uh, for joining me on today's episode. Um, it's been so good to chat to you about non-league and about your football club. Once that documentary is out, please tell me um, and I'll push it out on my socials um, and, oh, and spread it around uh, all my friends and everything like that as well because I love a good football documentary, so um, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Um, thank, you, yeah, yeah. thank you so much for having me on, John. It's been, it's been a privilege to come and do this. This is my first time I've been a guest on a podcast, so I was a bit nervous going into it, but yeah, really cool <laughs> and awesome to, to also have been on something that uh, one of my heroes, James Lawrence Alcott, has been on as well. So yeah, another there time that I've been in very, very esteemed company. But yeah, thanks so much for having <laughs> me on. Generally, keep doing what you're doing with this podcast. It's, it's brilliant, and I hope it reaches more people and more people people find it and you get some more incredible guests on soon because it's great what you're doing 
Thank you, mate. Yeah, you're you're sat in, you're sat in the hot seat. James Alcott was in that hot seat two weeks ago, so <laughs> um, you 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 filled you filled those boots perfectly well. Um, and I'm sure if James listens to this, he, he'll he would really enjoy it. Um, so anyway, enough waffling from us. We'll see you next time on the Behind a Badge podcast. That's Joe and Robbie signing off. Cheers. Up the up the blues. Up the blues. Absolutely. Well, bright in the blue, so we'll take that. <laughs> yeah, works for both. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. It's been so good to hear about Robbie's journey as a Clitheroe fan. Please be sure to check out his YouTube channel by searching Robbie Holmes and do keep an eye out for his documentary coming very soon. And I'll see you next time as we hear stories from behind another batch.